everyone. Thank you so much for joining the Think Realty podcast. If you've downloaded it or you're watching on YouTube, we're just happy that you chose to take a few minutes out of your day uh, to join us. And I hope that we'll be of value to you uh, so that you can say that this 20 minutes was the best 20 minutes you spent all day. We've got a fantastic guest coming up in just a second, but let me say a quick thank you to our podcast sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Civic Financial Services, proudly serving brokers and investors. Civic is the reliable lender for real estate investments, including buy and hold, fix and flip, or fix to rent. To learn more, go to CivicFS, as in Frank and Sally, CivicFS.com. And you put forward slash, forward slash, think really in there, uh, they've got something special for you. So we'd love to uh, have you go there and support our podcast sponsor. We've got a fantastic guest today. Uh, she actually has been the MC of some of our events. She's provided a lot of great content for our events. Uh, and so I want to welcome to the show today, uh, Shanoa Grove. Shanoa, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, everybody. So happy to be here. Yes, very honored to be the MC last year at the Think Realty event and excited to be going back again this year. So uh, the the audience was jam packed. Everyone was in their seats listening to everything about the forecast, some of the new investing trends. Listen, I've been doing this for 20 years and I had so many notes in my in my notebook of all the different takeaways to add to my business as well. So this is a great place, a great opportunity to meet just incredible uh, people in the industry, uh, learn from others, uh, find support and uh, just take your business to the next level. So excited to be headed back to that uh, coming up in March. Absolutely. And if you haven't bought your tickets yet, uh, make sure you buy your tickets. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you put in the code word podcast, you get to buy one, get one free on the tickets. Um, Shanoa, I know a lot of people from our space know you. You run a really big real estate investor group out of Texas. Um, but let's kind of get to know you a little bit more than just, you know, running the real estate group or, you know, some of the investing that you've done. How did you get into real estate? Why, why did you choose that path or did that path choose you? Well, I'm in truth, I'm a fourth generation real estate investor. My great grandparents invested, my uh, grandparents invested. My parents still have 12 doors to this day. But like many people my age, I was socialized to go to college and to get a job and that that was the path to success, wealth, income, et cetera. And for a long time as a young woman, I would introduce my mom as this is my mom, the slumlord. How terrible is that? Yes, I am a redheaded stepchild. Uh, but uh, at one point I realized when I was working my tail off in corporate America that I had to change the way that I introduced my mom to this is my mom, the millionaire, not just millionaire, but the multimillionaire, not because of what she did in her corporate career, but all of what she did in real estate and real estate investing. So it provided a comfortable income for her, uh, a lot of income for her and a really comfortable retirement for her. Uh, so that's what how I got into it. I cut my teeth. My first investment property I did when I was probably 22 years old. Uh, then I went into corporate America and took about an eight year break and then jumped back in uh, all the way in 2003. And I have not updated my resume since 2003. In fact, my resume is in some version of DOS, but even <laughs> the techies of the techie people that are here listening today couldn't resurrect it, nor would I want you to, because I love what I do in real estate. And I love what I do in helping other people. Uh, when people ask me what I do, you know, obviously, you know, I buy and sell houses. 
houses. I flip properties. I hold properties. We've got a ton of rental properties here in Central Texas. And I always like to say that I turn unrelenting, unwilling, unconvertible, uncontractable, unclosable homeowners into motivated sellers. And I do it all on an unachievable timeline while solving unsolvable problems. That's what I do in my real estate investing side of my business. But in part of what I do as part of Texas RIAs is I help people quit jobs that they hate so that they can do things that they love. And it feels absolutely amazing as people uh, take a look at their lives and decide what they want to do. And many people find that real estate investing is the fastest way to build an incredible income, incredible wealth, and just really have that freedom that I think we're all looking for. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's funny because if you go back 10 years ago, I feel like everybody in the real estate investment space actually know what a RIA is. Today, yeah. it's like the, the RIAs are so far and few and far between, and maybe that was COVID and really pre-COVID. Um, do you mind just explaining to the audience that maybe doesn't even know what a RIA is, what it is that you do or what a RIA is? Yeah, so I think in many cases, YouTube has taken uh, the role of the Real Estate Investor Association, uh, especially even over the last you know five years. It's funny, I have a little joke at my meeting that I ask who here, who here is attending university? And then I get a couple of hands and then I say, who in here is attending YouTube university? And then usually 10 to 15% of the hands roll up. So really this is a community. And I think one of the things we found that was missing in our lives after we kind of got back from COVID is that community. So uh, as part of the Real Estate Investor Association, we provide that community. We provide the, you know, we always say like uh, for our association, so we have associations all throughout Texas, Austin, Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. And we say we're Texans teaching Texans how to invest in Texas using strategies that actually work in Texas. So for those folks who are kind of on YouTube University, they're learning maybe strategies that work in other people's market, but maybe not strategies that are working in the market that you are currently in. Yeah. So for us, we teach, you know, we live here, we work here, we invest here. Um, I'm actually an, an active uh, realtor and broker in the great state of Texas as well. So I know all the laws. Uh, and this is where you come to get information about investing, what's working now, what's not working now, um, the laws, uh, the contract changes, and how you can succeed no matter what disruption you know is thrown at you, right? So everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And when they get punched in the face is when they really look around to say, hey, who, who, can, who can help me with this? Yeah. And it's interesting because I get a lot of people who, who teach nationally who can only go so deep in their knowledge specifically specifically, you know, in Texas, and then they'll say, go to your local real estate investor association meeting, because we have the answers to the questions that you guys have. We have the team that you guys are looking for uh, to be successful. And ultimately, real estate investing is about building a great team so that you're not doing it everything yourself. So you can actually scale and grow your business. Sure. Yeah, I love it. I, I am such a huge proponent of the Real Estate Investor Association and associations, these smaller groups, these communities, because I think it is hyper-local. And real estate by nature is hyper-local. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are trying to wholesale nationally. There's a lot of people like me that will buy a lot of properties outside of the state I live in. But the reality of it is if you don't get the fundamentals right in your backyard, you know, you really are just going to cause exponential problems when you go outside of your backyard. And I think, you know, for me, I'm a third generation real estate investor. So grandfather, father, me, um, you've got me beat by, by one generation. But, the, uh, but I, you know, for me, it was more like osmosis. Like we talked about it. My grandparents talked about it at the dinner table. My parents talked about it at the dinner table. I learned so much. But what you lack is just that local information. And so 
I, I love and have attended uh, RIAs for years. Um, and, you know, sometimes I just kind of sit in the back of the room. Sometimes I, you know, I'll get up and speak. But the reality is, is like just knowing what's going on and then the amount of deals and, and you know, just opportunities that come out of them because it's like you said, it's Texans helping Texans, right? It's like it's neighbors helping neighbors um, in that community with the same like mind. And so I'm a huge proponent. And if you are a Think Realty uh, listener, viewer, um, and are not participating in one of these RIAs and you live in Texas, you are missing out. And I know that Shanoa runs a fantastic uh, group. So Shanoa, because you are all over the state of Texas, you're a broker or you're a broker agent. Um, I'm curious, in your opinion, the whole world is investing in Texas, right? It's like Florida, Texas. I live in Florida. You know, you live in Texas. And it seems like the entire world looks at us and tries to buy our real estate, right? And so I'm curious from an insider's perspective, um, what are the hot markets in Texas? Like, where do you look? Are you looking more macro and going more like Dallas and Austin and Houston, San Antonio, or are you going like micro, like Brownsville, or like, you know, like, are you going into these more micro markets and investing? Well, you know, for me personally, uh, you know, I'm investing in the four major markets. So Austin, Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. Now, if you live in Brownsville or McAllen or El Paso, then I would highly recommend that you invest there. Yeah. But if you look at the population trend, so, and, and I love getting into the numbers and studying that, uh, if you look at the population trends, you know, the only reason to, you know, stay in some of these smaller cities other than kind of the major four is because you inherited land there that you, you know, <laughs> that you can't sell, right? You inherited the family farm. Uh, but if you look at all the migration, all the growth is occurring around around those major cities uh, and kind of in between those major cities as well. So, you know, for me, you know, you know, I, I like to go where there's already a market taking place. So I don't necessarily want to create the market, but I want to go into an area where there's an active market, because what I've found is when, you know, when the market's going up, everything looks wonderful. Everything looks fantastic. When the market's going down, you know, the, 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 the tide raises all ships when the market's going up, the tide sinks the ships and sort of the outlying areas, right? First, as the market starts to go down. So for me, it's a safer bet to always be in those stronger markets where people are always moving, you know, and, and, and for, you know, the big thing that I look at is always migration trends, right? Uh, I was looking at a report recently for uh, people who are moving basically from San Francisco to Austin and the U-Haul rates. And it's basically they'll pay you to take that U-Haul from Austin all the way back to San Francisco because so many people are moving out of, you know, that, you know, the Bay Area, right? right? And moving to Texas, and I'm sure it's the exact same way if you look at Florida as well. So, um, for me, I look at those migration trends. Uh, to, for me, you know, I also, you know, if I compare Texas versus Florida, um, and and I love this book. I'm not sure if you if you've read it or not, but it's called Upside: Profiting from the Profound Demographic Shifts That Are Ahead. And probably my favorite quote in this book is some is is from um, uh, when they say that taxes, high taxes don't redistribute income, high mm -hmm. taxes redistribute people, right? right? Where's redistribute people to, to places like Texas and Florida, where, you know, the taxes are low, it's very business friendly. But the people that we find that are moving to Texas specifically 
are more still in their childbearing years than most of the people who are moving to Correct. Florida yeah. just on average, right? Yes. So, you know, if you're investing for the long term, which I am, so I've already been doing this for 20 years, I don't think there's anything that's going to stop me from doing it for another 20. Uh, but if you're investing for the long term, you want to take advantage of not just the in migration, but also the natural population growth that's occurring in the, in the city and, and in the states. And you're seeing that in spades here in these major markets here in Texas. Um, there's obviously energy, financial markets um, in Houston. Uh, every single national company that wants to test anything goes to Dallas first. Uh, Austin is obviously a huge tech, tech hub, and San Antonio is growing as well um, uh, from a tech standpoint and other uh, standpoint as well, just because it's one of the most affordable markets here in Texas. So there's a lot of opportunity in these major markets in Texas. And, and again, if you want to be um, recession proof, those are the markets that I would suggest that you go in, uh, just because the other ones, you know, even though prices, value, sales have gone up in some of those outlying areas, those are typically the areas that get hit first whenever there's any sort of a change or adjustment in the marketplace. Yeah, that's great. I love the analogy that you used about how really the the, the big giant metro metropolitan areas are really the, the deep water, right? And so like as tide goes down, they're still deep enough to sustain, you know, investment growth. Um, a fantastic uh, illustration there. Um, for you right now, if, if if you are looking like which one, which markets are you looking to buy in right now? I know you said all four, but is there one out of the rest that really has your eye or attention right now? Well, um, I love the Austin market. Um, uh, so, so for me, from my buy and holds, I typically keep those in that central Texas Austin market area. For my fix and flips, um, I have because I run the local RIAs, you know, and part a big part of the RIA is just having that local team, right? So I've got teams in San Antonio, Houston, and Dallas as well, which enable me to, you know, invest as if it were in my own backyard. But for my buy and holds, my preference really is more uh, Austin. Uh, you know, Houston sometimes gets hit. Uh, in fact, in the last five years, I think it's gotten hit three times by one in 100 year flooding and mm -hmm. hurricanes, right? Uh, Dallas gets hit, you know, for, you know, the tornadoes and hailstorms. Uh, San Antonio doesn't really have any weather. That's why all the data centers like to locate there. Uh, but Central Texas, it just, there's something kind of special about that for me. And if you look at the price growth in Central Texas, specifically the Austin area for the buy and holds, and that's the basis of all of my wealth. Um, it, it has grown there more than any of the other markets. So again, for my buy and holds, keep it, keep it close to home. For my fix and flips, I can uh, rotate those out in any of those four major markets. Yeah, I love it. Um, I'm a huge fan of Texas real estate. One of the best uh, apartment uh, complexes I've ever invested in has been in Austin on 6th Street. Uh, if I could have found 10 more of those deals, I would have bought them as fast as I possibly could. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because it really seems like that corridor between Austin and San Antonio is really growing together. It's like, it's kind of merging. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like almost a split. And it's like half is is a suburb of Austin. The other half's, a, you know, a suburb of San Antonio. So they're seeing a lot of growth in that corridor as well. 
kind of like we did between uh, Dallas and Fort Worth, right? right? So it used to be Dallas and Fort Worth. Now all of these inner cities are getting so much focus and attention. Yeah. Uh, the same way Austin and San Antonio are making a beautiful little baby in the middle, for yeah, sure. Very good. I love Fort Worth too. You know, I've looked at so many deals in Fort Worth. I invested right at the end of the year in some deals in Fort Worth. Um, you know, the the Bass Brothers have done such a fantastic job with downtown. And, you know, and the, now those outer lying areas, especially going north up into uh, ranch country now, right, where everybody in Dallas is going out there and buying 20, 30, 40 acres uh, so they can create their own Yellowstone, you know. But uh, yeah. anyways, it's, it's, it's interesting, like, how much growth is even going there. So it's like, it just seems like it's, it feels like you can almost throw a dart at the map in Texas and, you know, make money if it's even close to proximity to, to the four markets you talk about. Um, what and are some of the investment trends you're seeing? Relocating too. All of these companies are relocating, you yeah. know, from you know, Illinois to, you know, um, uh, to Florida, right? right? From Illinois to Texas. Um, so you're seeing that, you know, and from obviously from California, you know, Elon Musk puts on a cowboy hat and says, sits with the governor Abbott and says, I'm a Texan now. And then right. half of California wants to, you know, come over, come over to, yep. to take part in it as well. So yep. um, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, uh, no, you're, you're so true. It's like, you know, between Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, I feel like they've, you know, probably increased the net worth of uh, Austin by another, and Tesla, obviously, you know, it's like that Tesla plan in Austin is is just ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I drove by it a couple months ago. Um, you know, it, it, it it's interesting because there's definitely some trends going on right now. Um, Bill Durant is really, really popular. And some of my friends are, you know, like, man, I remember 2008 through 2010 and new construction and a recession is, is terrifying, you know, and it's like, it's so different this time, you know, as a generational real estate investor like you and I are, I've had the benefit of watching, you know, I've invested through three economic cycles, but I've watched my parents and grandparents, I mean, invest through, I don't know how many, you know, economic cycles. What trends are you seeing right now or, or are you feeling most positive about? I mean, obviously, I'm a buy and hold person just like you are. I only lament the deals that I ever sold. I don't even, it doesn't even bother me the deals that I, that I lost money on in flipping. That doesn't bother me a bit. That was just a lesson learned. The deals I most lament are the ones I sold two, three, four, ten, ten years ago that I wish I still had. But what, what uh, trends are you seeing and what would you push people towards? Yeah, you know, it's the exact same thing here. You know, there are streets that I can't even drive by uh, that, you know, because because I wish I would not have sold, you know, some of those different properties. So, uh, you know, for for me, where the market is right now, you know, I, I remember as we were starting to raise interest rates in March and, and you know, uh, through all of uh, 2022, you know, I heard a lot of people say the quote, well, when interest rates come back down. And I was listening to uh, the Fed chairman of the St. Louis Fed on a Wall Street Journal interview today. And I don't really think that those interest rates are going to be coming back down, uh, at least not anytime soon. So, you know, for me, the last, uh, you know, the last year as interest rates have started to go up have been some of my best times as a landlord, right? So my rents have gone up. I've got more applicants. I've got more high quality applicants because so many people are sitting on the sidelines. So sales are down about 30%, but where's everyone going? They're moving to rental properties. So, you know, for me, you know, I, I, I want to do two things. So number one, I want to generate income to live my lifestyle that I feel comfortable with, not over living it, but living my lifestyle that I feel comfortable with. 
but I also want to generate wealth. And the best way to generate wealth is through those properties that you ultimately hold. So, you know, and, and, and for us as real estate investors, you know, we always know that term, that saying, you make your money on the buy, right? So, but the truth is that if you, any mistake that you make on the buy by overpaying can be remedied with time and appreciation through holding on to this property and holding it as a rental property. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned kind of going back in a time machine, you know, 15 years ago uh, to 2008. And yeah, I mean, we should have bought up every single thing that, you know, we, 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 could, we could, you know, the issue is no one knew how long that recession would last. But uh, over the last uh, couple of years, I've kind of done some studies on recessions and and on average, most recessions are less than two years. So as long as you plan on holding a property for more than that two year period and a long enough time for that appreciation to do its magic, right, do its work, which is for those of us who are landlords, which is really their job is to build your wealth and make you rich. Um, that's really something that you want to do with as many properties as you can. So, you know, listening to two people who have been doing it for a long time, two people who have been doing it generationally for a long time, you know, and any other investor, you will also hear them say they don't necessarily remember the properties where they made, you know, 20, 50, 100, $200,000 on. They remember the ones that have built their wealth and have doubled and doubled and doubled in value while holding, while paying them cash flow. So I like to get a mix of those properties that will build my cash flow so I can have income. But as so we have we have an ice cream here in Texas. Uh, it's called Bluebell ice cream. Mm -hmm. You probably have heard of it. It's mm -hmm. nationwide at this point. But they have this slogan. They say we eat all we can and we sell the rest. So I've always for the last 20 years have said I have the Bluebell ice cream investing philosophy, which is I eat, I keep all of the properties that I possibly can and I sell the rest just enough to build that income out. And I think if more people would look at it that way, I think a lot more people would will will build more wealth into their future. That's awesome. I love it. The Bluebell investing strategy. I, I like that a lot. I got a friend, his name is Johnny Pope. He lives up in Houston. And every time I'm there, he's like, we got to eat Bluebell. Like it's uh, no matter what, it's every restaurant. He, do you have Bluebell ice cream? He's, he's in love with it. But well, very good. We are out of time. I appreciate uh, everything. Fantastic information. Thank you for the insight. Uh, and uh, thank you for being a part of our, our Houston conference coming up. Yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see you there. And guys, don't don't miss it. Get your tickets. Uh, last year, it was practically sold out. I mean, there were the room was so full. I think there was like standing room only sort of in the back part of it. And uh, lots of incredible vendors, uh, people really sharing some of that tribal knowledge and creating that community that's so valuable in terms of building out your real estate and building your success. So looking forward to it, Eddie. Take care. Have a good awesome. one. Awesome. Thank you, Shano. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Just one more time to our podcast sponsor. Uh, podcast has been brought to you by Civic Financial Services. Uh, they uh, proudly serve brokers and investors. Civic is the reliable lender for real estate investments, including buy and hold, fix and flip, or fix to rent. To learn more, visit, visit civicfsfranksally.com forward slash thinkrealty, and they will help you there. Also, uh, one last thing I want you to do. We've been talking about uh, the, the uh, Houston event coming up on March 23rd and 24th. If you haven't purchased your tickets for that event, I want you to go to thinkreality.com, click on the events button, click Houston, and 
get your events there. If you type in the word podcast, it's a buy one, get one free uh, for that. And again, like Shanoa said, it is almost a sellout event. It might sell out this year, uh, but you want to be a part of it. We've got some fantastic speakers. You don't want to be even in close proximity to that event and not partake of it. It is crafted and created just for you. We want to see you there. And if you're not getting your Think Realty uh, magazine on your doorstep, make sure you go to thinkrealty.com and subscribe for the magazine, as well as you can pick it up on the shelves of Barnes & Noble uh, nearest you. Have a great day and uh, good luck with your next, next uh, investment.